0: Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and Marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over 5 seasons, with 3 million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd.
1: Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I've got such a great show today with my partner in crime, Robin Boyd. Mm-hmm. We're back together again. We've been yeah, apart, Robin, for so many weeks. I
0: know. We have to take sabbaticals every so often, and it just brings the love back, that's
1: all. <laughs> it does, it does, because I get all snarky about Robin's personal life, and you know, then she's all comforting about my train wreck life, which then makes me get guilt <laughs> and shame, <laughs> and we just
0: spiral down until <laughs> we come back together. We are there to hold each other up aren't we (laughs)
1: it is it is it is the partnership is a great thing and we're going to be talking today with um chris nielsen and he is a transformational coach an awakening coach he's a really neat guy robin you were reading his blog recently and um i'd like to open the conversation with that but rob i'm going to put the mic over to you because you're more familiar with the blog than i am well, I am.
0: And before we start on all the questioning, I'd love to just say hi to Chris and thank you for being here. We're so glad to meet you and get a little uh, more information about you. Um, where where have you uh, been to get to this point in your life right now?
2: Hello, Robin and Sandra. Thanks for having me. Where have I been in my life? Where have you
0: been? And now where have you been all here? of our lives, Chris? Been- really,
2: that's the question. I've been a lot of places. So, uh, you know, it's I think my whole life journey has taken me here, the good and the bad and all the lessons from that. And it's taken me to a pretty beautiful place today. Um, But I think a lot of the lessons, the best lessons that actually I can share with other people came through a lot of misery.
0: I was just going to say, so many times our experiences build uh, our character. Do you feel that when you were a young man, maybe just uh, starting out in careers and uh, finding your, your identity, did you ever think that you would be then advising, was coaching always something that you felt was inherent in you?
2: No, I didn't feel like I was coaching. I actually loved to play more than coach. I think as a kid, I dreamed of being a little kid. I dreamed of being a professional basketball player. And then that dream turned into professional baseball when I was much better at it. And I played a year of college baseball, studied high performance, and um, hurt my shoulder that first year in baseball. And from there, I played other sports like tennis and then wanted to be really good in that. But I uh, started coaching a little tennis at the time, and that's probably the first coaching I did. And I enjoyed it, but I liked playing much better back then.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I think so many times y- you have to be uh, in the in the pits, if you will, and then it gives you that uh, basis to be able to ask the good questions and to be able to sort of feel where someone else is coming from, um, and that makes that relationship begin uh, more solid. One of the things that what Sandra was just talking about, um, we're talking al- many times about parenting on our show. And there are many times I think every parent has said, oh my God, am I I just completely off base here? Am I totally a a terrible parent? Sometimes we have a very difficult time understanding whether or not we're getting it right. And one of the blogs that I read uh, that you wrote was talking about Sort of uh, setting your kids up with a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, and I'd love to talk a little bit about that. Um, I think we're so anxious to praise our kids, to tell them that they're wonderful, talk about um, you, you know really inflating their ego so that they're going to feel really good about themselves. That's sort of intuitive, I think, but sometimes that might not be the best approach in. Bracing Our Kids for Inner Strength. Is that what I learned from your blog?
2: Yeah, for sure. One of the blogs, that was the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, was really a life changer for me. And uh, I don't know, are you guys familiar with the book?
0: I know of her, but I'm afraid I haven't read that book.
2: Okay, powerful work. I highly recommend it to anyone. Parents, relationships, whatever you're working on in business. And the book, I realized when I read the book that I'd cursed my daughter. Uh, my daughter Michaela, and here was the curse. You're smart, intelligent, beautiful, you can do whatever you want. And that was, uh, it, it, unfortunately, was a label that she didn't want to lose. And you don't, and some kids do, stop trying really hard because they don't want to lose this label. When you tell them they're great, if they risk something, they can potentially lose that label. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so one of the things that we did, uh, uh, Carol Dweck did in a simple experiment, she took two groups, and she gave them the same simple test. One group, she said, wow, you did really well on the test. You must be very smart. The other group, she said, wow, you did really well on the test. You must have worked hard. And the group, when given the choice to do the same easy test again or hard test, the group that was told they were smart chose to do the same easy test again the group they were told they worked hard said why would we want to do the easy testing and give us the harder and harder tests so they wanted harder and harder tests
0: that's really fascinating I think it's it's so many times the first thing out of your mouth, and then you say, "Oh wow, I wish I hadn't said it that way." You feel the burden of everything that comes out of your mouth is going to be your child's future. That <laughs> you're going to um, you're you're creating this this mold that if you do it wrong the first time, it's going to be horrible to try to fix. It is difficult to try um, and. Uh, to feel that confidence as a parent. Sandra, you must be facing a lot of these kinds of quandaries. You've got teenagers.
1: I do. I have a preteen and a teenage boy, both high achievers. And you know, it's interesting, Chris, in my household, you know, I grew up in a military family obviously and you know have a lot of background with that. And I always go back to this Israeli fighter pilot study that I remember learning years ago and they had, you know, a bunch of different pilots and they randomly assigned these pilots grades after having them do a performance drill. And you know, the ones who who were were not praised a lot and did rather poorly, you know, they show a a great improvement in the next um, set of performance drills those who cruised through it got the best grades and a lot of praise they actually reduced their performance and those somewhere in the middle uh, they actually showed the greatest improvement those who you know they weren't the lowest they weren't the highest but they were you know given a moderate amount of praise and and inspired to do their best even though the the performance outcomes were actually random they were randomized the whether the pilot did poorly or great they still were put into these control groups and i never forgot that story i learned it in business school you know 20 years ago at northwestern and i i i hark back to that when i look at my boys because i'm like ah you know where's that sweet spot of praise where you praise them enough to keep them going but you don't over inflate them so they go in with a big fat ego and blow the test or blow the game but you also you know human beings are fluid and so you know when Mike I got a Chris I got a 6 foot 2 size 15 and a half foot 14 year old. Yeah. He's like a giant exploded golden retriever puppy. <laughs> and he's every bit the 14 year old boy inside but the big giant man on the outside and you know there's there's so many conditions that make that a fluid arrangement. You know, where's the sweet spot?
2: That's that's a great question, and one of my favorite coaches that was talking about this well before Carol Dweck was uh, Coach John Wooden of the UCLA Bruins, and he really coached with a a growth mindset attitude. They didn't talk about how we're going to win the game. They talked about the effort they were going to put in, and they they put in a lot of effort at practice, and that's the thing. You can control a child. A child can control his effort. A player can control their effort. And that's the big difference in, in praising. You can praise all you want on effort. That doesn't get a kid's head blown up and big. If you praise them on how smart they are, that's a, imagine you guys have a label on your chest and your listeners can as well, a label that says smart. So then you get a task that may be just a little above your level of ability and in front of other people. Do you want to risk your label by taking on that task or do you want to just say, yeah, I'm good? You know, that, that's okay for me. What I talk to parents about a lot with this is in the fixed growth mindset. I use a tightrope example uh, in it. If a fixed mindset kid, someone who's praised a lot, they're a great athlete, you're a natural, you're whatever they're saying to them, all those things actually make it more difficult for that child to excel. And where a kid were sent, "Wait, I love how hard work you put in. I love the work you put in. That child's more likely to excel. And so I use this example. So a kid is getting ready to learn how to tightrope walk for the first time. The fixed mindset teenager or preteen walks up to the tightrope, looks at it, and goes, they know they're going to fall. They're going to risk their label. And they say, ah, I'm too cool for that. I don't need to walk on your tightrope. And if they're forced out there, it kind of hurts a little bit. And they finally go, okay, fine, I'll do it. And they step out on the tightrope, And they fall. And the net hurts, and they go, I'm done. I'm out of here. That's enough. The growth mindset kid steps out on the tightrope. He falls into the net. Ah, this net is awesome. Climbs up the ladder again, falls again and again and again and again and again. And a 1,000 falls later, you walk in the room, and you see this kid going back and forth across the tightrope. And you go, wow, you're a natural. (laughs)
0: And right away, that gives them that. that so many times, we, we're trying so hard to to create that confidence. Do you feel that um, you saw that result with your daughter? You have one daughter?
2: Just one daughter, yeah. And yeah. For, her, for her, actually, um, unfortunately, in this situation, I would say again that uh, I cursed her. And that was per, probably part of the journey about geez 10 years ago plus where i started a joyful parenting program i go there's a better way to do it i started intensively research into it before that i had a psychology background a background in sports high performance but i started to study it tremendously and try to figure things that would work better and because of a difficulty with her mother and i there was a lot of things that i could do and couldn't do and it started to be that really I had to work on myself because I also had that fixed mindset in me i didn't want to fail publicly
0: mm-hmm. chris we've got a break coming up, and on the other on the other side of the break, I have a feeling that you and Sandra have many common uh ground um, we're talking about whether you are co-parenting or um, having two households for your children. Uh, when we come back, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Uh, today we're with Chris Nielsen. That's Chris, C-H-R-I-S-N-I-E-L-S-O-N.com. We'll be back in a moment, so stay tuned. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio.
4: You Did you know one-third of population suffers from bad breath? Several years ago, a New York City doorman was actually suspended from work because people were complaining about his bad breath. Other words for foul-smelling breath are halitosis and ozostomia. So, what are common causes of ozostomia? Coffee is a problem because it's very acidic, and bacteria reproduce faster in an acid environment. Candy and gum contain sugar, which is also a problem because sugar feeds the bacteria that cause bad breath. Alcohol is another culprit. What's another name for cheap wine, plonk, slip-slop, or stinky bus?
0: It's Marginal!
4: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
0: We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio.
1: Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we're visiting with uh, Coach. Uh, chris nielsen and we're talking about mindset how to develop a success mindset in our kids and you know that comes from i think you first chris i know i was i'm from a family of achievers and everybody was go 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 but i was way down on the pecking order so in order to keep up with my brothers and sisters i had to work harder so you know i was praised a lot more about for my effort than i was for my my innate gifts uh, you know if you will it was more about like wow she really tries to keep up with her brothers you know I'd be a millionaire if I had a dollar for every time somebody said that Um, but I see in my own boys you know I see my younger one who's really tiny he's like 70 pounds even though they're only a couple years apart it's like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins (laughs) you know they, they couldn't be any different and my little guy he fights like a dog to keep up and I do praise him more for what He tries to do or how hard he works, and I don't praise my older one. I'm always like, Well, you know, you're tall, you're good looking, you're smart, and I didn't realize like I'm doing the same thing that my parents did to my older brothers and sisters. Is that just part of our family dynamic?
2: Well, I think it's what I get at, what I share with a lot of parents is this is that we're all been programmed, and we've been programmed by our parents, well meaning parents, and what I say to parents too whenever I work with them is. Everyone's doing the best they can with what they currently know. So be really nice to yourself. Demonstrate that for your kids. And, and if you need work on it, work on it because it's so worth working on. Um, but, so we've got these programs going. And what I tell parents as well, the, the society, this world is programming us every single day. Uh, it's poking holes in you. Uh, I think people are innately worthy. But the society says you're not worthy, you're not enough, so you go buy stuff that you don't need. And because of the program, so whatever program your parents take on and get, you know, think is the right program, that's what they'll share with you. And it does vary with you know, firstborn to secondborn or last. And what they've found in studies actually with kids that excel, oftentimes it's the youngest that excel the most.
1: And I just sat here going, see, the middle gets ignored again because you got the first <laughs> <laughs> one. That's right. He forgets about the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something to be said about that. And, you know, Chris, when you talked about, like, you know, mindset being, you know, kind of conditioned you know by our parents i mean we can only know what we know we can only teach what we know we can't teach what we don't know and what we didn't experience um and when you're in a co-parenting situation which is very prevalent in our military family it's very prevalent in our society as a whole it really really adds a a, a delightful rotten parenting dimension when you've got competing mindsets like i come from a mindset of do your best you know i came from a little and everybody in my family went to college we've all been very very successful i got a nasa rocket scientist brother because of hard work because of belief in yourself you know all these things and then i i married into a family and obviously divorced out of a family whose mindset was you know what don't stick your neck out like why would you volunteer why would you risk something because you're probably going to fail and if you don't get too up and excited about him because I drove them bananas Chris I was like <laughs> you know just like little Mary Sunshine blew up in there and um you know you've got these two competing mindsets of of don't stretch don't reach don't don't stick your neck out and you know what if you don't get too excited you'll never get too upset and those two competing mindsets were like you know it was more like a big boulder
2: crushing a little
1: boulder it wasn't like (laughs) boulders hitting each other but it it, it's it's been tough on my kids to navigate those two mindsets
2: yeah that's i think it's incredibly difficult for kids you know they want they want to see most kids want to see their parents be happy and together and and even parents that are together sometimes get them getting on the same page some of their the biggest fights are over how to parent parent the kids because we've both both Rarely are people programmed in the same way, going, this is what's best. And so we have disagreements on that. And, you know, kids, it's very difficult when you get two messages coming on of it. Which do you listen to? I remember when um, my daughter's mother would come to pick her up, and we'd, we'd be getting along great. We'd be playing. We'd be these amazing—we were amazingly connected. And about 15 minutes, half hour before she knew her mom was arrived, she'd start to push me away. Yep. Yeah. So start to separate it. So it's, I, I was lucky enough to have two parents that are still together. And, you know, they have their faults and flaws. But my mom was amazing. And, um, you know, just to touch on that a little bit, my mom is the reason why I'm here today and the reason why I just love helping. Um, I was at my, she was a high school counselor, and I was at my 20-year reunion. And people came up to me and said, your mom saved my life. Your mom is the reason why I graduated. I love your mom a dozen people actually invited my mom to that reunion so they got to say it to her directly but her sunshine eyes just filled me with love my entire life and she just gave 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 and it feels now to me i get so much joy about helping other people so um i wish i would have known i wish i would have taken that love and not been so uh, kind of damaged in my program myself when i was with uh, michaela's mother so i could have been a better co-parent at that time myself
1: Well, you know what I look at, you know, I've been co-parenting for 14 years now, you know, same kids, same dad, you get better with it. And you, you learn as you go. And kids are also resilient. Like, you know, my parents also stayed together. You know, my mom drew her last breath laying next to my dad, I mean, after 60 years. So, you know, it's not like I didn't have good parenting models to begin with. And to be fair, when the kids go to school, they have, they have you know, mindsets that they learn from their friends. They have the teacher's mindset. They might have a church or a religious or a temple's mindset to deal yeah. with. So it's not like it's the end of the world if parents have different mindsets mindsets. I mean, I used to get really worried about that because we had opposing religions. We had opposing politics. We had, I don't know even how we got together, <laughs> but there was everything that you could oppose, you know, was opposing. But, you know, the kids also recognize, like, my parents didn't agree on everything, and yeah, they agreed on most important things, but, you know, the fact of the matter was we knew what mom thought, we knew what dad thought, and you just dealt with it because that's also life Chris I mean you don't you don't go to school and your teacher's the same as your parent
2: right no you say it very well and the, it's obviously true what I get at is where it gets trouble is be, when you have like you are very comfortable with other people having a different mindset as, um, as am I but if one parent says this is the way it is and the other isn't acceptable that changes the whole dynamic and that's a lot of what I went through
1: that's my spaghetti theory. Like I, I I'm a mom who, as of raising these boys, you would use physical because I studied physics, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm a, I'm a tech person by background. That's my spaghetti theory. And I would show the kids. I would take a skinny piece of spaghetti and I say, look, if your beliefs are really rigid, you know, and I have a cooked piece and a plain piece, and you know, when you bend it, you'll see the spaghetti will snap and shatter, and the other, you know, the cooked spaghetti, the flexible spaghetti, will be able to wrap. Around the meatball, you know, it's like stupid things I would do at dinner
2: with Oh, the kids, those, those are stupid things, those are beautiful things. That's <laughs> um, that's an amazing parenting right there. And if, if I could give every child a flexible mindset, it, it is the people, like you said, people crack when they're that inflexible. Um, I mean, the f- philosophies in yoga talk about the, a bendable, flexible body, also a bendable, flexible mind. If your mind isn't flexible, you're going to get in arguments all the time. You're going to have disagreements and difficulty. You you created an incredible example. I'll use that in the future to help share with people.
1: I hope so because there's so many things like the other one that I love Chris and like I am a very free spirit. I think you can tell that. Robin knows that she usually has to rein me in. Um, But in my relationship with the kid's dad, there was this issue called sock wars. There was an issue of socks going back and forth. And my (laughs) socks were never as clean as the other house's socks. And, you know, my kids start to to get sideways over these stupid socks. Robin, you know this story. Oh, Yes. So I went to the store and I bought a brand new pair of sports socks, you know, the kind with the little lines, you know, those, the boy socks. And I put them on the kitchen floor and I was bringing the kids their breakfast one morning. And we're like, Hey, and they're like, Mom, Mom, the socks are on the floor. Like, And, you know, I took the pitcher oranges and I poured it on the socks and we went and sat down and they were freaked out. They're (laughs) like, and I'm like they're socks they can get dirty we can spill we can have an accident they're socks and then i like went to the bag and i'm like we can either wash these or we can buy a new pair of socks like it is okay things happen things break things get dirty and that you know that rigidity that we talk about with the spaghetti it's it's there's so many household things you can just pick up and go things break but but
2: That is beautiful, Sandra. I mean, that's another incredible piece of parenting because kids get stuck in that program and think this is the only way to go, just as parents are actually stuck in their program and thinking this is the only way to do it. And, you know, a a lot of what, you know, it's, what did you say, break? Often I say this to parents. It is lucky if your kids break your favorite thing. (laughs) And, And here's how it's lucky. You get to clearly show to them that they are way more important than your favorite thing. Right. Because I, I had this happen the other day. I was working with actually a psychologist and doing a coaching session with her. And her young son, preteen, uh, was with her, his best friend. And he said to his mom, you know, you, you love your patients, care way more about your patients than you do me. Mm-hmm. And she, she, she couldn't believe he would say this and said, no, no, that's not true and she asked his friend and his friend said yeah you totally care more way more about your patients than you do him and so wasn't true at all she totally loved him but he didn't know it and and when we make things so important or other people so important um just because we feel that complete love for our kids inside doesn't mean they feel it themselves and so one of the big things i share with parents let your kids know that they're way more important than anything you have. The the your sock example is so wonderful um, that and you don't need to get upset by a sock or something breaking.
0: I think the other thing too with parenting is that you do have to uh, let children know that you care about their opinion, um, to listen to them, and they could be a a toddler that is babbling, and you're going to sit there and listen so intently, or they could be 14 or 15 and talking about something that maybe you clearly aren't aren't understanding, but the fact that you're listening is so important because it gives them value. It's giving them uh, the self-worth that they're realizing, wow, mom is really listening to me. This, I'm, I must really have a voice. I must have something to say. Chris, so we've got
2: that well, is so well.: yep,
0: said. We've got a break right here coming up. On the other side of the break, I'd love to uh, bring the conversation into talking about an environment of inevitable success, because of course we want our children to uh, learn how they themselves can be successful. So stay tuned, get comfortable. We'll be right back with more with Chris Nielsen. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio.
3: It's Marching Denver.
4: Derek Thompson, co founder of the Save the Elephant Foundation, was taking a rescued elephant named Tom La for a walk along the river. As they were walking, Derek decided to stop and take a dip in the water. But when he called to La, who was waiting on the shore, the elephant thought he was in trouble and came running to his rescue. La charged through the water, sheltering him with her body and offering her trunk for him to hold on to. What's another word for a trained elephant? A kumki. Elephant trainers in Asia are known as mahouts. And the padded seat or saddle used to ride on an elephant is called a howdah. Kamla and her mother, Bai Tui, are among the 70 elephants the foundation has rescued since its inception.
0: It's words
4: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny
5: for Words. Have you heard?
0: We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. We are so glad you're with us. Oh, Sam, you were, I wasn't
1: sure. It's it's like Pavlov's dog over here. Eight years (laughs) of doing this, I open, Robin closes, and I'm like, (gasps) and then
3: Robin's. I know,
1: I know, I know. I'm so sorry.
0: We are having a wonderful conversation, uh, the both of us, whoever speaks first. Um, Today, our guest is Chris Nielsen. And if you want to uh, see more about Chris, visit Chris Nielsen, and it's C H R I. N I E L S O N dot com. Um, Really fascinating topic here today. We're talking all about not only uh, the relationship that we have with our children, but I also want to talk a little bit, Chris. um, I've seen you speak of an environment of inevitable success. We want our children to be successful. We want them to learn how they themselves can bring themselves to success. But I'd love to know what you um, see as inevitable success, and then we can look at what that is environment looks like
2: sure I mean it's actually one of my favorite topics and it is a a pretty big topic Mm -hmm. but what I looked at is how can I uh, I looked for all kinds of ways I could help my own relationship with my daughter and then help her succeed and then I looked at even for myself how can I succeed at various things and then I looked at family life how could I help families succeed in a way that uh, was connecting and what I looked at is A lot of kids are actually, some of them are succeeding, but they're actually failing. And what I mean by that is they're very fragile. Um, I was an honor student. I was student athlete of the year. I was captain of the basketball team on a state championship baseball team. Yet, when I was 17, I went on a joy ride in the middle of winter with my buddy Jeff and Jared. And we were sliding around a lake, which they didn't want to go on, a frozen lake. And there were two empty fish houses, and I was at the far side of the lake, and I gunned it. And, and I was looked up, and I was headed right towards one of the fish houses. I turned left and right, nothing. Brakes left, right, nothing. Bam, I hit the fish house. <gasps> oh. wheel, wheel went into the, the, the hole. Water on the windshield. They got out so fast, and they're screaming at me to get out. But where am I? My seatbelt was still buckled. Oh. my head was on the steering wheel as the ice is creaking and cracking and they're screaming at me.
5: Oh. In that
2: moment, I, the ice, the cold water, felt like it would be warmer than my father's eyes. <laughs> this is a Sorry kid. to, to laugh at the end. No, please laugh. I can laugh at it now. It's, it's, and I didn't call my dad. I called a family friend. The second tow truck, the first tow truck wouldn't come out on the ice. Second tow truck Came out far enough on the ice to hook up the the Jeep, and a good thing it was one of those old Jeeps back in 1984, and it wasn't very damaged. Um, But what I look at it is kids are fragile these days. Um, Even the kids getting straight A's, even the kids that are out starting – Um, because of the messages of society. So how can I, you know, this is what one of the things that propelled me, this insight into me. If I was that fragile then, with so much going for me, what are kids fragile today? When they're 24-7, they're getting messages they're not good enough. Uh, Parents are putting incredible pressure on them, especially in certain communities. Mm -hmm. So how do you create an environment of inevitable success? One, you take failure off the table. And I was listening to this other high-performance expert, and he would said, um, in our house, there is no failure. We love to succeed, but we also love to learn. So we're either succeeding or learning. And we love to learn. So if you can take failure off the table, it's an amazing thing. Going back to that tightrope example, I say there's, there's parents that are, we, we know the helicopter parent, but here's two different ones that I use. You're a net parent or you're a concrete parent. And so your kid falls off the tightrope, does they have a nice net they can collect themselves in and crawl, uh, crawl up the ladder and do it again and again and fall in your net? Or are you a concrete parent when they land and fail, you go, what were you thinking? What were you doing? Why did you do that? And they know they can't fail around you. It just makes them walk on pins and needles. So if you can create a place where they can fail freely and learn that failure leads to success, so I do um, a thing called Unleash the Hero Within into schools. I love taking it into schools. And one of the stories I tell in there is the Babe Ruth story. Are you guys familiar with Babe Ruth? Sure. Hey. Yeah. salt and king of home runs in baseball a long time ago. Um, he had 714 home runs. Any guess on his number of strikeouts? Oh, probably twice that maybe. <laughs> All right. Good guess. Almost 1,330. <laughs> Wow. He was also, at the time, the king of strikeouts. And and sometimes baseball writers would write, write, striking out is a shameful act. But not to Babe Ruth. He swung. And because he was willing to fail 1,330 times, he became the king of home runs. Not the king of strikeouts. He's not known for that. But he was also that as well. Michael Jordan, I fail over and over again. That is why I succeeded. If you want to really succeed, fail and create a safe net under your kids so they can fall and try again and try again. making it an experiment because there's no failure in an experiment. So if you create that environment of inevitable success for your kids, they will excel with more joy and less stress for you and them than all. So it's, it's an amazing thing to do, and that's just a little touch on it. If you guys have any questions, I love talking about it. Mm.
0: It's a wonderful topic because I think there again, um, helping your children have that analytical mind is so important as they're developing. One of the things that I used to do with my kids, and Sandra has heard me tell this a number of times, we would be watching a television show. It might be one of their kids shows back in the day when it was Nickelodeon or whatever the shows were back then. I'd always mute the commercial and I'd say, what do you think is Going to happen next, and we would talk, and we would sort of uh, so predict. Or what do you think if they, if the protagonist does this? What do you think is going to happen? What if the the child that's being the bully? What if they don't do this? What do you think would happen? How can the the child handle this? And so many times we would get them talking and thinking, and mm-hmm. then they would say, oh, I think they should be, you know, the, the 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 other child shouldn't be doing this. It was giving them the opportunity to analyze what the circumstance was, sort of in an objective way, giving them that sort of peek into what they could
2: do if they were ever in that situation. That's, that's beautiful. Again, that's a beautiful example of parenting, and I encourage even... Um, I do that. I did that a little bit with my daughter as well. Mm. And I also encourage even watching the commercials Mm -hmm. and saying, what are they trying to sell you? (laughs) Or how, How are they looking to get you to feel? Because they're actually looking to get you to feel bad about yourself. So you go want what they have or seemingly associate that they have.
1: Right, right. It's like those frozen dinners full of garbage, but you're the best mom ever. If you open a box and put a plastic thing in the oven, you know, you rock. Yeah. See, and I think I'm, a, maybe, I don't know how you were, Chris, but, um, you know, Robin had a, had a you know, her family was all together, and, you know, I'm out here in California, and my family's all in, you know, the upper east coast, and where we do fall through the ice, and everybody laughs. There's a jeep at the top of our lake, I'm just saying, yeah. we have nothing to do with it, right. so far <laughs> as the police know. Um <laughs> But one of the things that my kids had the luxury of, and I know this sounds weird because now on the hindsight, I see it's a luxury. They got to see, see me fail a lot. They got to see me fail mm-hmm. in marriage. They got to see me fail in company. They've seen me fail in sports because, you know, when you're a mom and you've got two little kids trying to make it in California on your own and you're soul supporting, you take your kids everywhere. So yeah. my kids have gone to meetings with me. They've seen me succeed and fail. And I don't use the word fail in my household either, Chris. I think it's, I don't use the word word fail and I don't use the word wrong because those two things like they still stick in my craw today like I hear my sister going hey you're wrong or my brother's like (laughs) you So I don't like those words, and I use yeah. two different words. I'm just going to give people that opportunity. I use the the word outcome. I'm like, you know, well, what was mm-hmm. get the outcome you wanted? Like, I got an F, mom. <laughs> you didn't get the outcome you wanted, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Like, what yeah. are we going to do different? Because anything we do gets an outcome. It's it's it's, and it's some are better than others. But you know, you can work your tail off and still have an outcome you didn't want doesn't make you a failure because you learned a ton. You, you, you worked really hard. You found out how tough you were or how strong you were or how much you could really accomplish. And just because the test didn't give you the outcome you wanted, like that's a different thing. And then with wrong, I like to say different because Mm -hmm. what I've learned by like kind of, you know, getting kicked around in life, you know, in my forties was that, there's a lot of different ways to do things, Chris. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different answers. Yes, there are. To test. So what makes your answer right and my answer wrong, you know, there isn't. And, yeah, mathematics, 2 plus 2 cannot equal 5. I get that. Certain laws of gravity. But in just about everything else, it's a, it's up to interpretation. And some of our greatest failures and our greatest wrongs, like even in my company, which is tech-based, um, Our outcomes that we don't expect sometimes are our greatest software boons. There are... Mm You know, the quote-unquote failures we have in creating something, and we create something new. My sister is a missile defense programmer, and, you know, she gets different outcomes that turn out to rock. I mean, they protect our pilots. They protect the F-35, and they weren't the outcome the team was seeking. And if they got the outcome they wanted, it would have been great. But they got a different outcome, which technically could be listed as a failure, you know, Mm -hmm. because it didn't meet the original objectives. So that failure actually became a rock and missile defense system. So I do think that we need to have these conversations with our kids and we have to have them at the dinner table of what is the difference between an outcome you didn't want and a failure. Failure to me is you don't even
2: try. That, that is wonderful, Sandra. That is incredible parenting there. And I'm learning so much being on your guys' show. You guys use such great examples, both you and Robin. And this particular one I think is incredibly powerful If you're right, I say again to parents, you don't have to do anything different than you're currently doing. And I I don't want to make you wrong. What I want to share is something that I found for me is more effective. It may be different than what you're currently doing, or we may have some things in common. But if you turn it into an outcome and different, and you allow your kids to see you fail like you did, and you get up and you don't make it, you turn it into an outcome and you don't make it, here's what I learned from it, and they don't see you be crushed by it, what an example you give. You know, I think it was Albert Schweitzer said there was three ways to parent. Uh, the first one was by example. Second one was by example, and the third was by example. <laughs> 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 so. I was going to
0: say, we've got another break coming up, Chris. uh, And I know you want to wrap this up. Um, It it is true. I think a challenge can either be a a barrier or it can be an opportunity. And it all depends on what way you take it. So, um, you know, on the other side of the break, let's talk a bit about play. Because I think there are times when um, we just say, oh, go off and play. I need a couple of minutes. But there's times when parents need to learn how to play, too. And I'd love to bring the conversation. Into play. So, uh, stay right where you are. We'll be right back with Chris Nielsen after this. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from zero hundred hours to twenty three fifty nine. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages.
3: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond.
1: Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks.
4: 20 ounce beverages have become the norm. And it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor
1: nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar
4: is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free, does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
0: It's merging you've
4: heard. I always get a kick out of the warning labels companies attach to prevent lawsuits from the hooky-crooky of this world. A warning label on a dishwasher cautioned not to put any person in the unit. Speaking of dishwashers, one product warning on a television remote control read, not dishwasher safe. That's too bad because we know how dirty the remote control gets. In fact, we press the buttons even harder when we know the battery is dead. What are we? Part of the ridiculati? A warning on a baby stroller read, remove child before folding. Here's one for the blunderbusses and poppin' and jays among us. A label on a letter opener read, safety goggles recommended. Call me snarky, but any society that needs this many disclaimers has too many lawyers, pedophaggers, and snollygosters.
3: It's words
4: you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great
1: conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we're visiting with Chris Nielsen, and I'm juggling the ball over here. I got some kids coming home from their, um, the uh, what do you call it, the um, field trip, and they're calling me on the air going, Miss Beck, Miss Beck, our mom's not here, and I always told these kids it's your parents forget you call me i'll come get you so if i suddenly disappear you'll know i can't reach their parents well, <laughs> think, like that. yeah good luck with that so um, if my phone is buzzing i apologize but you know one of the things that is really important is and i'm just going to say this cuz here's a perfect example of it is There is a parenting barrier, and everybody who comes in my household knows that at the end of the day, yes, ma'am, right away, ma'am, anything you say, ma'am, is the only acceptable answer in certain scenarios. Everywhere else, you're welcome to talk to me about your thoughts and feelings, and laying the groundwork that your kids can come to you, or in this case, other people's kids, Mm -hmm. can come to you in times of need is really simple. You just tell them, If you're in a jam, you call me. Or if you're having a problem, tell me. I'm not going to get mad. I may not like it, but I'll help you figure it out. I'll help you walk through it. You're not alone. I think if... If parents could say that um, to their kids and know that we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to, you know, I, I Chris, I wrote down, you know, I'm going to praise my kids for working hard more than for their abilities. You know, I'm going to put that in my little tool bag over here. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's. It's approachability, it's authenticity, and it's putting that guard down that you don't have to have all the answers. You can figure it out as you go along. You can be wrong as a parent. Nobody's going to fall apart. You know, hopefully nobody will die. Um, but but you can you can be these things, and that also allows your your kid or other kids to come to you, so you can have fun with them. Like the yes, one thing yes, my mom yes. said to me is she's like. <laughs> You know, everybody's like, oh, you're going to have a family. It's going to cost so much money. It's going to be so much work. You're going to lose your personal life. And my mom (laughs) said to me, you will never, you know, rest in peace, mom. You will never laugh more and you will Mm -hmm. never have more fun than you will with your own children and their friends.
2: Oh, wow. Your mom set a great example. And you just shared some incredible wisdom again that, that I'd just like to point out from maybe a slightly different direction is that. Um, we were never meant to raise kids on our own. That's not that's not how it happened. It was by a whole village or tribe or multiple people or elders or aunts, uncles. We're all around to raise kids, this modern-day raising of kids. No wonder parents are overwhelmed.
5: Oh, my um, gosh.
2: It's one person trying to do the job a whole tribe used to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you then, you turned yourself into a mini tribe. (laughs) Yeah, she did. (laughs) And I I, I so love that. And you offered, and so many things, so many pieces of wisdom came out of what you just said. So you you actually created a bigger world for your kids and your friends' kids, the kids of your friends. Um, So they knew there was another adult that cared about them. I always wanted for my daughter that she knew just lots of people loved and cared about her. And then the other incredible thing you said is that you don't have all the answers. Yeah. Uh, what a gift, again, because no one has all the answers. Right. They're the parents that fake and pretend like they have all the answers, what a miserable place to be. Oh, um, yeah.
0: How can you yeah. ever live up to that expectation if that's the case?
2: You can't. you got to be a fake. Yeah. you got to be a yeah. fake to live yeah. there. Yeah. Instead of authentic, real, honest, like you said. And those, you just are demonstrating by by incredible example there.
0: When Sandra was talking about enjoying children, I think one of the things uh, that I wanted to bring into the conversation was talking about Play. I, I think so many times we're uh, par- parents feel that they have to be on a separate level, that it's okay, that yes, you can get down on the floor and play, but on a different level, talking a little bit more about play. Chris, you talked once in an article that if a parent needs to get a child to do something, come on, we've got to go, we've got to go, and the kid just immediately crumbles and say, oh, do we have to, do I have to do that? Instead, you have a different approach on getting kids to be a little bit more cooperative, and I'd love to
2: talk about that. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I could talk about play all day, and I actually believe, you know, play will, even as adults, will change your life. I've started playing improv as an adult, and it completely changed my life. Now I do improv mm. training for adults and for all kinds of things. But play as a parent is so powerful. Mm. When some, some parents can yell at their kids, uh, mm-hmm. shame their kids, give their kids asylum treatment, order them over and over to do something, or, <laughs> which will take a ton of time and effort, you know, <laughs> feel bad doing it, or you could just turn it into a game and play with them like cleaning their room did -hmm. you clean your room yet no okay great we get to turn on the music and i'm gonna help you and we can get this thing done in a few minutes and it's fun and enjoyable. the dishes can be fun be a play and like you said your example getting a child to go someplace and they don't want to go make it in an adventure a friend of mine i think in the one article turned it into a spy mission a shopping trip so you can turn it into almost any game. You will laugh and have fun during the process, and your kids will now have positive associations with it. I have a confession to make. I still don't like making my bed. <laughs> <laughs> because of the way my dad made me feel bad about it every time I had the stubborn streak in Mimi, so I said, fine, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> But if he would have made it a game, mm-hmm. I would have, I'd probably be joyfully making my bed because it was associated <laughs> with so many positive images.
1: Well, but, and I'm going to – I'm back now. I've, I've handled yeah. my, my kids' stuff. We arranged for, for rides, but um, – one of the things, too, when you talk about game, like, and especially if you have boys and especially if they're competitive, mm-hmm. do not ever underestimate the power of the race. You know, right. who's going to do whatever it is first? And, um, you know, that's a big one in my household because I have the biggest room and I have the most clothes, obviously. I'm the girl in the house and, the, you know, there's just all boys, my dad and my two kids. So if I can clean my room faster like girlfriend wins. And I'm like, you got beat my girl. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> you know, but it's fun, and it's not meant to put them down. It's not meant to be little. And, you know, when you can't get your kid out the door, and they get older, um, and they start throwing a tantrum, first of all, cell phones are the the master of the universe. You know, you take those away, yeah. that's, like, all-powerful. Second all-powerful is make sure you have a changeable Wi-Fi password, because when my kid
0: be
2: really <laughs> backed
1: up, you can earn the Wi-Fi password back. And, Chris, if I was your mom, I would say, with my sparkly eyes, what did you call it? She had wonderful sunshine
2: eyes. eyes. Sunshine <laughs> eyes. So her
1: sunshine yeah. eyes. I would say, okay, with my sunshine eyes, you can have the password back when you do X, Y, and Z. And you know, it's like mm-hmm. like total gold. But the other thing is, is it sunshine- does
2: work. It does work. <laughs> I just have a slightly different take on that. Oh, I would try sure. to use those as little as possible. Yes, take taking they're away phones, resource. even the threat of taking away phones, um, because they're so addicting. If your teenager has them and is using them or preteen has them or using them, they're incredibly addicting, I would set the rules of engagement with your phone up ahead of time.
1: Yes, because um, you know can. what, what yeah. is a phone loss for a day, what is a mm-hmm. phone loss for a week, what is a phone loss for the month, and you're never getting that little thing back. So letting them know the parameters... When you yes. give them the phone is huge because that, that's yes. not the unfairness. It's like, you're unfair. No, I'm not. Read the contract you signed when I gave you <laughs> the phone.
2: <laughs> I, would, I would try not to use the phone as a consequence. I know it works really well because it's highly motivating to them. I, I work more on natural consequences. And the phone is uh, a right responsibility. So yeah, they could use lose it for certain periods of time for certain things. But if you do a uh, losing it forever thing, if you are actually want to implement that, they may go buy their own burner phone. <laughs>
1: oh, this mine aren't old enough yet to. They can't drive. They they don't have their
2: own money. So <laughs> oh, yeah. they are clever people and they can find yeah. a way. <laughs> I, what I found to. Um, When my daughter was born, I deeply respected her just as she was. I actually saw her as equally worthy to me. Um, And I think one of the things I teach in the play is an all-for-one, one-for-all family. If you guys all know you have each other's back, you all have each other's best interest in mind, um, it makes amazing things happen. And connection and that mindset, one of the biggest things you can do to help your kids not get into drugs, alcohol, or other risky behaviors. Um, so well, and connection
1: matters, Chris, Oh yeah. like that's the thing, like, that's the reason I left my marriage. I didn't, I didn't matter. You know, I stopped dating. Mm. He didn't, you know, say, well, you know, you've heard the story a million times, but no. I didn't matter. And I vowed to my kids, you know, when they were, you know, they were three months old and two years old when I filed for a divorce that they would always matter. Like, you know, that's the other thing is, as as screwball as your kids' opinions seem at the time patiently listening to them mm. and even though it's not your adult mind talking and it's their kid mind talking let listening like really listening like i listen to you chris robin you listen to me we all listen okay. to each other we listen to adults and i see so many parents not listening to your kid and if you just stop for a second put your own phone down and listen to them they'll tell you what they need and yeah you might go around the mulberry bush a few times and you know hear some 10th grade or or ten year old vocabulary doing it but you can come down to certain conclusions mm-hmm. they're hurt
2: oh there... Robin, and and Sandra go you ahead. both touched on this you know listening to your kids and I actually we, we were talk,
0: of... yeah, actually we were talking about it in the break
2: yeah yeah and so I mean I totally agree that um, that is one of the best things you can do. And I teach, I mean, parents are out there going, how do I get my kids to listen? How do I get my kids to listen? I said, I've got the total secret that absolutely works every time. Not always the first time, but you demonstrate what you want to yes. see. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and you're right. If you, everyone <laughs> wants to be, everyone wants to matter, feel heard, feel seen. And if yeah. you give that gift to your child, um, you are giving them a powerful gift. If you set your phone down or even turn it off so they see you turn it off and you see them, see you pay attention to them and know that they matter and hear their opinion, even if it's different, I love when I actually, I love when my daughter convinced me to change my mind because yes. she, she could see that, that actually she wasn't just talking against a brick wall. She was actually, she had the ability to, her, her opinion mattered just as much as mine. And if I agreed with it, I loved when she was right. And I was wrong.
1: If my kids can construct a compelling argument of why they should do something that I don't think they should do, then that's on
2: the table. Right. And again, that is, if we bring it down to it, if our kids know that they matter, they're seen and heard. Yeah. If you just bring that, I guess I call a, a question, a compass question, are you connecting or are you disconnecting? When someone's seen, heard, and mattered, you're obviously connecting with them. And when you're connected with someone, they want to do what you're asking them to do. Mm-hmm. The stuff the stuff I share with parenting and the stuff you're sharing here makes parenting actually easy, more fun, more enjoyable. And you're right. It can be some of the most joy-filled, laugh-filled, fun-filled moments of your life.
0: That's awesome, Chris. We've got to wrap it there. Thanks so much. Chris Nielsen. Um, find him online, chrisnielsen.com. Thanks for Thank being here. Thank you both. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or find us on iTunes for more than two hundred free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom.